showing faith in God's power. I want to encourage you to know that faith in action is best lived out trusting in God's power. Uh, Remember, faith is basically trust and believing in God. And so if you believe that God is who he, the Bible tells us that he is, then you know that God has all power. Faith in God will lead us to action and will help us to believe that God can make the impossible possible. I got one witness in here. Hopefully I'll get you all with me in a moment. Because faith in God's power shows us the greatness of God and that we might see the glory of his holy name by being the vessels of his in action. I want to encourage us to remind us that faith is more than an intellectual belief. It is the, the knowledge and the intellect to know him, but also the faith is to show how to act it out because of a commitment to him. See, faith is both what we believe and what we know and then how we work it out and who we believe in. Uh, we have faith in a lot of things that let us down, but faith in God will never let you down. So God is faithful, and so we must be faithful to him. God is able to do everything that is good and pleasing. And guess what? He'll do it for you when you stay in his will. And so we must look to show God's faith in our everyday life by trusting in his power. Trusting in God's power means I'm not trusting in my own strength. I'm not trusting in my own charismatic intellect or characteristics or resources I think I may have. But I'm trusting that God is able to do what only he can do. I'm trusting that God can say yes when others say no. I'm trusting that God can find a cure when others say there is no answer. You see, faith in God's power is knowing that God is who he is. So we want to look at our text today in 1 Samuel, the 14th chapter. And as, as we turn there, I, I want you to, to know a little bit of background as we get there. We're going to talk about Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan is the son of Saul. When we find Saul now, he has been chosen as king. But yet also he's been rejected as king. I, I, I wish you could grab how short he was as a king. He reigned for 40 years, but he was rejected for 39 of them. All because he could now wait on God. Some of y'all going to catch on. Here it is. God has allowed Israel to have a king. I said allow. They already had a judge. His name is Samuel. That's a good name, y'all. And Samuel serving as judge was a good judge. Matter of fact, before we get into the 13th chapter, if you look early on there in the 12th chapter, it says that Samuel had rest. He had peace. He, he was, as long as he was judged, Israel was doing all right. The problem happened when Samuel died and Saul was still king. Notice how Samuel never ceased being judged and being God's prophet, even though Saul was king. Saul still could not move until the prophet says so. I don't got a few people with me. Basically, the prophet still represented God. And Samuel, they knew who was faithful to God, represented God. 
Samuel, catch this, had a jurisdiction that he would rotate and go around and visit and judge the people. And so he would go around and he would judge the people at these different places. And one of the places is Gilgal where he told Saul to wait. But Saul did not wait for Samuel to show up and he made a sacrifice anyway. And that's when God let him know that you're going to be rejected. Now, some of you who are Bible scholars said, I remember that. But, you know, there's a second time he did. This is the first time. The second time he did, that's when Samuel was really mad at him and said, man, you, you truly messed up. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's where you find that. That's in the 15th chapter. I'm talking about in the 13th chapter. And so here it is. I want you to grab the contrast of Saul, who is not faithful to Jonathan, his son, who is faithful. It's a contrast here that you find a king who's been chosen by the people but rejected now by God because God says, I found one who is a man after my own heart. And so here it is that we pick up in this text that the Philistines are attacking again. And Saul is hiding and timid and scared with his men. But yet Jonathan sneaks out. Hmm. Join with me in this text. We read verses 7 to 17, so I'm going to highlight to us leading up verses 1 through 6. Y'all with me there? One day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let us go over to where the Philistines have their outposts. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Jebeah around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men was Ahijah the priest, who was wearing the ephod and the priestly vest. Ahijah was the son of Ichabod's brother Atipa, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the priest of the Lord who had served at Shiloh. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down. Can somebody say go down? Between the two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Shinneth. The cliff on the north was in front of Michmas, and the one on the south was in front of Jebet. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Can someone say perhaps? The Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. I, I feel good reading that. I'm going to read that one more time. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. If you got me preaching, tell your neighbor, won't he do it? Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. That's what we read this morning. I, I want you to grab here this, that Jonathan shows us what faith in God's power looks like. Faith in God's power will lead us to, one, have the faith to move and face hard life situations. Two, know how to wait on the Lord. And three, the faith to know God will give us the victory. This is a direct contrast of his father Saul who showed doubt in God by not waiting on Samuel as found in 1 Samuel 13, 13. How foolish Samuel explained, you have not kept the commandment the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. 
See, Israel is in battle with the Philistines. And God has a king raised up for the people because the people want a king like the foreign nations. The people of Israel have not been faithful to God and now show themselves unfaithful to Samuel as their judge. The king who was chosen is now faithful to the Lord as well. So God, laid, God leads Samuel to Saul to be anointed as king to destroy the Philistines. But Saul doubted Samuel showing up and the courage of the people waned because their king showed weakness. And Samuel was late according to Saul's time. Anybody been there before that God's late according to your time? And that showed up at the time. In 1 Samuel 13, verses 7 through 10, you can see that there, that therefore Samuel made the sacrifices seeking the Lord's favor because they did not go into war unless they had God's favor. So they had to prevent, had to present the sacrifice. And Saul said, well, he's not showing up. The people are getting scared. They're running away. And I don't know what's going to happen. So maybe if I do this, God might show up. But yet, Saul was foolish in his act. Saul was rejected as king, and God chose another. The lack of faith in Saul led him to lose out on the blessing God had for him. Saul's son Jonathan is not like his daddy. Jonathan shows great faith in Israel by fighting against the Philistines. I want you to, to, to grab here this contrast as we build up this text, as we get into this text that we see a, a father being a bad example to the son, but yet the son being a good example to the father. The father lacks to believe in. And if you go back in that, that 13th chapter early on, it notice that Samuel shows up right before he goes to the second offering. There's supposed to be a burnt offering and a peace offering. Samuel shows up. So I want you to point out here that if he just waited a little bit long. I got a few people here with me. We sometimes cannot wait on God long enough that we move ahead of time. But if you could just wait just a little while long. If God said he's going to show up, I guarantee he's going to show up. Samuel was telling Saul, this is part of my routine. I show up to these three places and one of them is a place I told you to wait. Where I will present the sacrifice and anoint you as king, but you can't wait on me. I want to encourage you that Jonathan shows his faith in the power of God, knowing that he knows how to wait on God. But, but first and foremost, because Jonathan knows who God is, he knows that God is able to give them victory. See, we find Jonathan taking the initiative to go after the enemy and did not tell his father. He says, come, let us go over. I, I want you to notice here that this is not smart military tactics. What Jonathan is doing is not in anybody's military manual. That you go out from the camp and blatantly let the enemy see you as they outnumber you. You have no cover. You have no protection. And you're going to go and face the enemy. What that tells me that when I know who God is. I don't care who's facing me. I'm going to step up and go forth and speak out against those who are attacking. I, I was at one more witness here that they understand that if God is for me, it doesn't matter who's with you. <laughs> because greater is he that's with me. Mm -mm. 
than he that is in the world. And so Jonathan understood that though they may outnumber us, <laughs> they can't defeat us if God is with us. And so you see Jonathan's faith in full display that he, he this is not in the text, so this is my imagination working. I can see he's saying, my daddy acting scared. And, and, and our God, he is no punk. He can't be punked out by these Philistines. Let, let me help you out. But you, you, if you continue reading in the text in the 13th chapter, it says that the Philistines had stopped them from making weapons. Only Saul and Jonathan have weapons. And so here it is. The, the, says, the Philistines says they can only make tools for gardening. And they charge them a hefty fee just to do that. In other words, if you know it's $3 to get gas, but if it gets taken over, they say, we're going to make it $6. Just to make sure you ain't trying to run away or try to fill up and do an army thing that you're going to have to gas up these things. It's going to cost you a whole lot more money. And so here it is that they say you can only make plowshares and you can make all the little things that won't hurt us, but we got the weaponry. So it means this, that Jonathan and Saul are the only ones with weapons, but yet one has the faith enough to believe that God is enough. See, he was not caught up that our men don't have weapons and we're scared. He's got, Jonathan was caught up that my God is all-powerful and we can handle this. And so here it is that Jonathan and his armor bearer. Y'all notice that the armor bearer joins him. And when I, like, I want you to grab you that the armor bearer oftentimes gets overlooked, but yet Jonathan is showing us faithfulness as the armor bearer is showing us faithfulness. Notice how the armor bearer says that I am with you completely as, as your heart desires. All right, whatever you do. He's basically saying to him that whatever you do, I'll do. I was at one more witness here. That to understand to trust in God to say, Lord, wherever you go, I'll go. Whatever you do, I, I'll do. Whatever you tell me to say, I, I'll say. I'll move where you want me to move. Here's a, the true testament of someone saying, jump, saying, ha, ha. He's just saying, if you want to go, let's go. I got you. Whatever you, I, it basically the armor bearer saying, I'm trusting in you, Jonathan, because my life is in your hands. I'm here to depend on you. So if you die, I die. So let's go. And so here it is. Notice how the armor bearer moves based on Jonathan's faith. Jonathan says, perhaps. Y'all saw that there in the text, right? Perhaps. He, he's saying that I don't know if God will, but if he does. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all missing, y'all missing it. Let, 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 let me see y'all don't believe me. Let me open up my Bible one more time to y'all. Let me see. Verse 6. First Samuel, chapter 14. Let's go across to the outposts of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. I, 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 I can spend all night right here just on this text right here. Jonathan said, perhaps the Lord will help us. He, he understands that he can. You, you understand that God can. You know that God is able. So he wasn't questioning whether God could do it. His question was, will the Lord do it? And so notice that in order for him to find out, he had to be in position. I, I lost somebody. Let me rewind. Bring it back. Here we go. 
in order to find out if it's going to work, Jonathan had to put himself in the position to test it. Many of us do not trust God enough to put ourselves in the position to find out if he's real. We miss out to see his power move because we doubt it's going to happen. That's how many of us are in many actions that we can't believe it's going to happen, so we just trust somebody else. But here it is, Jonathan, believe it. I can't wait on anybody else. I believe my God is able to do it. And he says that whether he has many or he has few, my God can do it. So basically he says that he can take a thousand or he can take two. But we're going to go and see what God's up to. See, Jonathan established a, a, to know that we must trust him. See, notice that his trust in God shows us that he knows that God is going to do it. Notice I want you to grab here that he understands that it's, it's only the victory is only going to come because of God, not because of me. I want you to understand. He puts himself in a position that if he has victory, he can't say, I did it. It had to be God. I, I want you to understand that in your life, you better realize that when you got victory, don't say, I did it. But you better give the glory to God and say, thank you, Lord. It was you. It was only you that brought us through. So, so Jonathan helps us to understand that we got to wait on the Lord. But here it is that he's now, not only is he moving by faith, but he's shown us that in our time of our own faith, in our own lives, that God will lead us through hard times. He's understanding that we are in a tight situation. The enemy is camped all around us. But he says, I'm not going to wait here on my enemy. I'm going to go and face and confront my enemy. I'm going to encourage someone today that needs to hear this message, that there's some opposition. There's some people in your life. There's a situation in your life. I don't know what it is, but I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you need to stand up. And you need to say, thus saith the Lord. And speak life and speak truth in love, allowing God to do the rest. You cried your tears. You spent some sleepless nights. But now is the time for you to walk by faith and not by sight and say, Lord, I believe that you're able to speak life into this situation. You can tell that child to put the drugs down. You can tell that child, this is my house and you're going to respect me in my house. You can go and fight for your relationship. I'm not going to leave. You can try to file a divorce, but I'm going to stay right here. You can go to the courtroom and say, that's my baby and I'm not going to give up on my child. You can go to that classroom and say, teacher, this is my daughter. This is my son. And you're going to teach them. You're not going to kick them out the classroom. I know they got troubles, but my God, he's not going to give up and I'm not going to give up. We're going to be. Am I talking to somebody here that understand there's some times in life the enemy wants to surround you and make it look hard in your life. But yet God can. See, Jonathan understood that it looks bad. It looks hard. I don't know how I'm going to make it, but yeah, I got to step up. And face this opposition. See, faith in God puts you in the position to see his faith. See, once Jonathan put himself in the position and facing his opposition, he was in the opportunity to see what God going to do. This one, it picks up here. He says, uh, so verse 8, all right then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. Y'all notice that. That's not proper enemy tactics. They are hiding from the enemy. He says, we're going to let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are, or we will kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. 
Can someone say, but? If they say, come up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign. That he will help us defeat them. Notice, notice his sign was to, for God to do the difficult. I only got a few people here with me. It is easy to wait on the enemy. Saul's already doing that. Saul's already waiting, hiding under the pomegranate tree. In the shade while everybody else is in the high sun, chilling. I don't know what y'all going to do. I got my sword. Y'all got your plowshares and everything else, but I ain't going to fight them. Saul done, Samuel done told me I've been rejected this king. I ain't worth it. Ain't worth it. Y'all ain't worth the trouble. That doesn't my mind speaking that. But Jonathan sneaks out. Says, I'm repair, hey, I, I, I believe that our God is able to deliver us. Uh, so we're going to cross to the other side. I know we're on this side and the enemy's on that side. Yes, we're going towards the enemy. We're not going away from the enemy. Matter of fact, we want them to see us coming. And I want them to see us coming because I'm not scared. I'm not worried about what the enemy has because I know what I have. Somebody caught on to that. Let me make sure y'all catch on and say, I'm not worried about what the enemy has. I know what I have. I I got a few more people with me. Some of y'all feeling left out because y'all didn't catch on. I'm not worried about what the enemy has. I know what I have. I have a God that is all-powerful, that is able to crumble my enemies. He's a present help in a time of trouble. He is the King of kings. He is Lord of lords. He has brought us out of the wilderness and through the Red Sea on dry land into the promised land. We are his chosen people. So those pagans, those uncircumcised Philistines are not able to defeat us because our God has called us out. And so when we We're going to step out by faith, believing that he is faithful to deliver his chosen people. So I'm willing to trust in God (laughs) and walk. Now, notice how he had to get there. It wasn't an easy path to get there. He he had to go low just to get up. (laughs) I'll encourage somebody in your life today that there's times in your life that you want to get up, but first you got to get low. You have to humble yourself. You have to bow down before him. You ought to worship him. You ought to magnify him. Lord, I can't make it without him. Just surrender to him. And then you can get up and go face whatever you're facing, knowing that my God is with me. Said so he had to go down into between two hard cliffs and says that he had to climb up. Notice that he had to climb and say to both hands and feet. I don't know about you, but have you ever climbed up anything with hands and feet? It's not the easiest thing to do. And he, he, it says that he didn't have any climbing equipment with him. He didn't, he didn't say he brought rope and he brought things. He says, let us just go. All he had was his armor bearer carrying his weaponry. And they went up and they climbed. Both of them climbed. It said he climbed and the armor bearer was uh, behind him. I want you to understand here that he's going to go and face the enemy and he's using all his energy just to get in front of the enemy, but yet he's realizing that it's, it's not going to be by my strength. It's not going to be by my might. It's not going to be by my power because it's going to be in the Lord's name. I wish to talk, talk to somebody here. I know it's by his strength. And I know it's by God's power that he will bring us the victory. And so here it is that he, 
He gets up there and says, uh, they climb up. And notice what happens. Is if, if they say to us, he, he already had instructions to the armor bearer. He says, uh, when we climb up and, and they see us, we want to see how they want to sign to us. Remember, the easy one was for us just to stay here. Then we know uh, uh, God doesn't want us to go face them. Uh, but yet if they call for us, then that's the sign that God wants us to go get them. We're outnumbered. They all have weapons. Only I have weapons. But yet we're going to go face our opposition because we believe that greater is he that's with us than he that is against us. Verse 11, when the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to John, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. We see the irony in this already. You're going to teach us a lesson when you're about to be taught a final lesson. See, how oftentimes we allow the enemy to think he has us defeated when we should already know the end story. We are already victorious because Jesus has given us the victory. Jonathan Stepped out in faith knowing that God will give us. No, no, no. Look back at verse 6. What does he say? Let us go across to the outpost. Those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, perhaps the Lord will help us for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle. Y'all see that? He already understood that God, if we're going to face him, we're going to win. So he already knew the outcome if he's going to face them. And the enemy says that we're going to beat you. That's what the enemy lied. The lies to us tell us how we're defeated, or how we're worth nothing. We got nothing. We can't do nothing. But yet we can say, I can do all things. Amen. Through Christ, you send the man. For man, it is impossible. But with God, can somebody say it? All things are possible. So here it is. They come up. And says, so they climbed using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan. And his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Suddenly a panic broke out to the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And just then the earthquake struck, and everyone was Terrified. Notice that the earthquake came after the faithfulness. The earthquake was a symbol and a sign of God. But here it is. It took Israel to see the earthquake to see God. It took the Philistines to see two against 20 to see God. What's the difference? The difference is that the Philistines understood that God is against us when he allowed two to beat our 20. They realize that if, he, if those two can get to 20, Lord knows what God going to do when he get the rest of that army. So they were shook before God shook the earth. God shook the earth to let Israel see that. Y'all, y'all see what's happening? Y'all see what's going on? That, that, that's why Saul woke up when the earth shook. It says Saul's lookouts in Jabeah of Benjamin saw a strange sight. The vast army of Philistines began to melt away in every direction. And so he realized that something's going on, right? And they're they not leaving on their own. So call the roll. Who went out the camp? Find out that it was Jonathan. Here it is that Saul sees power moving 
and realized there had to be somebody outside the camp. But notice what Saul does. This. And then Saul shouted to Ahijah, bring the ephod here. I want you to grab this. Grab this, what's happening here. For at the time, Ahijah was wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites. But while Saul was talking to the priests, the confusion of the Philistines' camp grew louder and louder. So Saul said to the priests, never mind, let's get going. I want you to grab something. Saul was still not truly trusting whether God gave the Philistines to them. And so he wanted one more opportunity for the ephod, represents the priest, to, to, and to seek God's favor and say, hey, God, are you really with us? Evidence is all around that God is with you. But because of your lack of faith, you need something else to remind you. And notice that once he realized that God was with him, he says, never mind. Let, let's, let's go. Then Saul and his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There was a terrible confusion everywhere. Even the Hebrews who had previously gone over to the Philistine army revolted and joined in with Saul. Jonathan and the rest of the Israelites. Likewise, the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim joined the, the, the chase when they saw the Philistines running away. So the Lord saved Israel that day. And the battle continued to rage even beyond beth Avon. I want you to grab that Saul's lack of faith still did not hinder God moving. I want to encourage you that when, just because someone else around you does not believe what you believe does not stop God from doing what God can do. I want to encourage you that others may tell you, don't do it. I don't believe God wants you to do it. But if you know God told you to do it, come on, somebody. Go ahead and do it. Don't, don't move in doubt. Doubt lets us know that that's the enemy moving. Faith reminds us that God is real. See, doubt allows us to see false things that are not real. We want to remove doubt and trust in God. Believe in him. Believe in his word. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I, I want to encourage you that if there's trouble in your life, he's a present help in the time of trouble. If there's sickness in your life, he's able to heal you. If there's troubles in your life, there's issues in your life, notice that he says, come all you who are weary, stressed out. You're, th- you're about to lose your mind. You're about to lose your cool. Come and find rest. have faith in God's power. He is not restrained. He is not limited. He can save by many or by few. He can go by anybody and he can use you. Will you allow him to use you? Will you see the power of God moving in your life? Don't have the lack of faith and doubt in God that leads you to wonder if it's going to work out. But when you have faith like Jonathan, you realize that only God can do it. Jonathan's victory came only by God's power. He had the faith to wait on God, remember? He did not move until he got the sign from God. We need to have that same kind of faith, faith to wait, faith to trust in God, faith in his power, and have faith to give him the glory. Jonathan understood that, God, if you have me to go, it's for your glory. So I want you to think right now to meditate on that. What can you do for his glory? What has God called you to do that only you can do? Notice this text tells us that it was Jonathan and his armor bearer that brought a great victory. But the great victory was only brought because of Jonathan's great faith in God. Do you believe that God is able? 
Do you believe that God can do anything? Do you believe that God is able to make the impossible possible? Do you believe that God can make a crooked path straight? Do you believe that God can make a no way, I, I, I make, a, make a way out of no way? Do you believe that God can make water separate? You can walk on dry land. Do you believe that God can make the dead come back to life? The lame can walk, the blind can see, the dumb can speak. Are you, do you believe that God can give you everlasting life? Well, if you can believe in that, then don't doubt God when you're dealing with debt. You're dealing with depression. You're dealing with illnesses. You're, you're dealing with life situations. Don't doubt that God is not real. Know that he is real. And you can be just like Sam and, and be like Jonathan and say, Perhaps the Lord will give us victory, but I'm going to put myself in the position to find out for myself. Good God from Zion. I want you to understand, you might have to cross some crooked paths. You might got to go down some low valleys. You might be called out by the enemy, but know that you'll be lifted up by God because God will give you the victory. Good God from Zion. I'm glad today to know just like Jonathan and his armor bearer, that we can walk by faith, uh, trusting that God can knock down our enemies. He can cause confusion in the camp as he gives us instructions of what we must do. We must stand on his love, stand on his truth, stand on his word. And then we have to operate faith in action. Tell you never faith in action. We got to have faith in action. It's not just that I believe he can do it. But I know that he can do it. it. means I will move knowing he's going to do it. I was reading a book from Charles Stanley. He said, faith is this. He asked his daddy, what does faith look like? He said, son, faith in God is like this. You see that brick wall? Yes, daddy. Faith is that if I told you to run headfirst into that brick wall, faith is you believe that God is going to make a way. You see, lack of faith be like, why would I trust you to run against that wall? I'm going to die. But faith in God knows that I promise you life. I was at one more way. I could, I could shout y'all on home, but I'd say it like this. See, when Jonathan had enough faith, all he understood was that if I go, God would do the rest. I'm done now. Y'all, y'all act like y'all don't want to shout. So stand on the doors of church are open. I was trying to get y'all there, but y'all didn't want to join with me, so the doors of church are now open. If you know 